Chapter 83 Wearying Jehovah with Our Words You have wearied the Lord with your words. Yet you say, How have we wearied him? In that you say, Everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or, Where is the God of justice? Malachi 2 17. The prophet's charge against Israel is of wearying the Lord. As Isaiah had long before said this to Ahaz, Will ye weary my God also? Isaiah 7.13, King James Version. And while God charged them with wearying him, he solemnly denies having wearied them, and asks, How have I wearied you? Micah 6.3. The charge is not of provoking, but of wearying, and is one of deeply touching emotion of pity, indicating sorrow, patience, long-suffering, love, the profound affection of a heart that yearns over unworthy objects, unwilling to abandon them to their deserved doom, that bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, 1 Corinthians 13, 7, and is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, King James Version. There are many ways in which we weary God, such as by our one carelessness, worldliness, love of self, vanity, and folly, two opposition, dislike of himself, his law, and his gospel, three unteachableness, foolishness, hardness of heart, and perversity, four unbelief, distrust of himself, and rejection of his love, five lack of zeal. This I did for you. What do you do for me? And six, inconsistency. Life and creed at variance. A name no more. In many such ways, we weary God continually. We vex, grieve, and resist the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. To this wearying He might at once put an end and refuse to be so treated by us any longer. But he has long patience. He bears much before he intercedes in his wrath. Knowing the fearful consequences to us of his being worn out by us, and allowing righteousness and vengeance to do their work, he waits, pities, pleads, and remonstrates with us to the end. The prophet's words, If only you had paid attention to my commandments, Isaiah 48 18, are expressive of this feeling. Our Lord's tears over Jerusalem are the indication at once of God's unutterable patience and of the exhaustion of it at last. But let us observe the particular kind of wearying to which the prophet points. 1. It is wearying with words. You have wearied the Lord with your words. Words in themselves do not weary God. They are pleasant sounds. He delights in listening to what his creatures say. All sights and sounds coming from the works of his hands are meant to be good. Sunshine, starlight, earth's green, heaven's blue, ocean's brilliance, the music of birds, the voice of the wind, the roar of the thunder, the noise of many waters. These are among the things that he pronounced good. So it is with the human voice and human words. But when they are dissociated from the feeling within, so as not to be the expression of the heart, but only of the lips, or when they are the utterance of error or falsehood, unmeaning and hollow, 
then they cease to be good. They displease Him. When they are repeated and reiterated, they weary Him. Talk, talk, mere talk, the talk of the lips. It may be respectable, religious talk, but if it is mere talk, it not only wearies man, but also God. And think of the innumerable millions of words uttered every hour by the millions on earth, all of which go up to the ear of God. Think of the discords, dissonances, impurities, follies, blasphemies, and hypocrisies that are heard hourly by God. Oh, how he must be wearied with the words of men! How he must be grieved with the sounds of earth! Two, it is wearying by questions. We say, This is how we wearied him? Men do not like to be challenged by God, and yet they shrink from the denial of the charge. Instead of honest confession or bold denial, they speak like Cain and ask, Am I my brother's keeper? How have I wearied him? What more fitted to weary God than such a course of hypocritical questioning, judgmental questioning, fault finding, or pretending surprise at what they could not but know that they were committing? Oh, mockery of God for men to look up in his face and say, How have we wearied you? 3. It is wearying by denial of the difference between good and evil. One of the most explicit of all Bible teachings is about the difference between the evil person and the good person, the evil thing and the good thing, the evil opinion and the good opinion. Man often sees little of this difference. God sees it strongly. Man likes to erase or smooth over this difference. God keeps up the line, broad, deep, and clear, as between sea and land. He is wearied by man's earnest affirmations of the little difference between things and persons, and by man's attempts to obliterate moral and spiritual distinctions, to call light darkness and darkness light. Is not the present age wearying God in this way? And four, it is wearying by disbelief of coming judgment. Where is the God of judgment? is the infidel question. Like that of the scoffer in the last days, where is the promise of his coming? 2 Peter 3 4. No judgment and no God of judgment is the watchword of many. Every man is a judge to himself, a judge of all truth and error, the measurer of God, and the judge of his character and ways. This is not exactly the fool's saying, There's no God. Psalm 14, 1, but it is close to it, for it means that there's no God but such a one as suits man's philosophy. God's non-interposition for so many ages and His allowance of confusion and error lead men to conclude that there is no God of judgment. This wearies God. This semi-atheism, this misinterpretation of His love and patience. God's long-suffering, instead of leading to repentance, leads to unbelief. The Lord will come. He may come soon. Let us be ready. The judge stands before the door.